Bill finally gave the Ringers Philly Crew a podcast. I'm Ben Solak. And I'm Shield Kapadia. That's right. Just a couple of Philly guys with a new space to fire off some Eagles takes, get caught up in the Sixers chaos and more. We'll be coming to you twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays, plus bonus episodes whenever we get breaking news or Philly drama. Join the fun and follow the Ringers Philly special now on Spotify. It's the mismatch presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page in the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus in person in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning and inability to smile. An expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Tuesday from the ringer.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Courtside, Kevin Berno! What's going on today, man? Well, as we are getting ready for the upcoming NBA season, uh, we've got about a week, week and a half before we're going to have regular season games as the preseason continues couple of news and notes that we can get to before we get into our topic of the day, which is going to be five players that interest us for the upcoming NBA season. Um, first thing is, you know, we talked a lot about Victor Wimbayama last week and about your article and about your experiencing him in person. And I was interested in taking in all of the coverage and everybody talking about it for the last week. And I think I was, I was kind of waiting for the, Hey, let's, let's pump the brakes on this. Never happens. It it, it really never (laughs) happened. Like I, it's virtually universal. Right. Uh, And it's very difficult to find anything in sports that is universal. We are made for debate now. Um, The only thing that came up, in the conversation about Victor Wimbayama, which is totally fair and something that you chronicled in your article was the history of guys with that frame, the history of guys of that size, which is fair. And I think you had in your article, was it 26 
I think it was 26 guys. Yeah, seven foot three or taller. Yeah, 26. And, and like seven, eight, or nine of them or so played, you know, long careers. Yeah, you said uh, notable, yeah, right? And, and most of them suffered injuries or had shortened careers. Most of them. That's right. Well, and like one of them, like Sabonis was in there, I believe. Yeah. And that doesn't really count because we didn't get him in his prime. Of course. Yeah, right? It's co- it's complicated. It's like, it's like not a perfect list. And I might be missing, you know, some people you could argue notable versus not notable, whatever. Point is, is that dudes that tall get hurt a lot. They're not supposed to be running up and down. You know what I mean? We or go back to si- the- side to side with the bigs nowadays, too. When you go back to the old days, Kevin, the little guy, he ran out there. He's the one with the spear going after the buffalo. You get the Victor Wembanyama. They pick apples. That's what they're supposed to do. <laughs> you grab, you 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 be you be on the lookout and grab stuff out of trees for us. You know what I mean? Like that's a that's that's evolution. Uh, the little guys run around the tall guys. That's not what they're meant to do. You don't send the tallest guy out to go do the hunting and the gathering. <laughs> it's not. Not, a, not how it works. It's Some natural selection stuff right yeah, here. Seven five guys aren't meant to be. Running six miles a night. <laughs> is that their role? Is that oh, their? That's not their I mean, plight. Ho- hopefully, he plays fifteen plus healthy years. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's and, the hope. And everybody is universal on him. A couple other things that have taken place. I went and watched a NBA basketball game in person. Hell yeah! On Friday night, I went to watch the Memphis Grizzlies play against the Miami Heat. Only in Jersey, because I texted you during the game and I said, like, it takes a lot for me to not (laughs) even know you from college. And I'm watching this game and it's like Orlando Robinson and Haywood Highsmith. I mean, these are all Jamari Booyah. Just made up names. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) one of the guys got a contract today, Julian. was uh did I you remember Web Benyama's teammate Hoshi Fat? Yeah. Hoshi <laughs> Fat. There, there was a guy that I saw though, I saw he got a he got a contract today. One of the guys for or ho 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 you fat. Yeah, ho you fat. Come yeah, on, Steve, man. Steve ho, ho, she, fat. ho she fat. Ho she fat. Come on, bro. Uh, well, whatever. I made a mistake. Yeah, the guy that the guy that got the contract. That, that's a great name. Great. Jamal Kane. Yeah. Congrats to him. He's the one that got the contract. And I got to see Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Neutron himself, shoot the lights out. Um, but yet nobody played. Like, no hero, no Lowry, no Butler, no no nobody. It was a bunch of guys fighting for, you know. A, who's, a the, who's the best player? Like, Gabe Vincent got minutes? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple guys you've heard of. <laughs> Look, the reason I brought this up is for no other reason except I texted you during the game. It was my first time getting to see Nikola Jovic in person. Taller than what I expected. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, he comes in the game. He he should be in high school. Uh, he's standing next to Brandon Clark, who is not a hulkingly tall power forward, but I mean, he was significantly bigger. Like, just standing, when you see him standing next to 
Brandon Clark, you're like, whoa, now. Like, this guy has got some real size. And he didn't make tons of shots, but, man, the shot looks good. And I was pretty impressed. Like, it's one of those things where it's like you're looking for flashes. I saw the flashes with him. And I do think that the kid's probably in an unbelievable environment. You know, you always think that anybody, there's some of these teams that if they draft you, you think that you've got your best chance to be able to become what you, whatever your ceiling is or that they're going to be able to turn you into your best possible version of yourself. And so I think it's special for him that that's his landing spot in that heat culture. Uh, they have proven over and over again to take even less talented players than this kid and turn them into something. Uh, and so first impression was a good one, as far as I'm concerned. What really did you like about one. him, besides he's tall? Yeah, I thought the shot looked good. He's active. He got in there on the boards, you know, and he's playing. The, the reason I was impressed is because he's playing against the, the Memphis played their players. I mean, they had like, the crowd was a lot bigger than they probably expected it to be. There's over, I think they announced 14. There's easily over 10 or 12 in the crowd, which is pretty jarring for a preseason. I mean, there was, there's a lot of people there and people were loud and into it. And Memphis played their guys a lot of minutes. And so that's what impressed me. Seeing him out there amongst guys that were part of a team that won 56 games that, yeah, they're not giving it everything they've got because it's the preseason. It's more about getting in the flow, not getting hurt, getting a little sweat, playing together a little. But he didn't look wildly out of place by any means. And he was getting in there and he was getting some rebounds and he's knocking down some shots and he, he's just in the mix. And he's got real size. That did stand out to me as a guy that there's a real bonus to guys like that that can get there. If they've got a good shot, the guy's going to be able to get his shot off on anybody. And when you got a guy that big that can also get in the mix and can expand the court, we've just seen so many of those guys be so helpful to teams over the course of the past couple of years, not the least of which was Maxi Kleba last year. We just saw it, right? With hey, we could be way more skilled than Kleba, too, because like he can he, he, he can handle the ball, but at, at a baseline, you mean, because Kleba, yeah. 3 and D, all that. And I'm just saying a guy that can you can put as a big and he's willing to, he can mix it up. He's not a guy that's going to get massively overwhelmed. He's not a softy. No, he's, he's, he's a not. Tough, tough player. I mean, he yeah. can play tough. And I, I think with Miami, you're right. What a perfect environment for him to go into. And, and the way they're using him this preseason, including, you know, on Monday night against the Rockets, no Bam Adebayo. They're using him in some of those dribble handoff actions, handling the ball at the top of the key, you know, to the shooters. And he can pick and pop for threes. He can drive. He can finish inside. He's a peek and pass. Jovich, I'm with you, Chris. You know, he's not going to be rookie of the year, but. He looks like a, a nice find for the Miami Heat, picking him in the 20s. And it's only preseason, but at this point, I'm feeling maybe maybe I should have ranked him a little higher, even though it's been up and down for him like any rookie. Yeah. Uh, I'm impressed with the flashes that we've seen from him. Yeah, that's all it was. It was flashes. It was the first time getting to see him in person, and I was impressed. Um, yeah. 
the only news personnel-wise that we've had as of significance over the course of the past couple of days is this rumor that Jay Crowder has garnered interest from the Atlanta Hawks. Um, Crowder, of course, wants to be traded out of Phoenix. Phoenix has not found a landing spot for him yet. Uh, And here comes Atlanta. And the most interesting thing to, to me about this is looking up and down their roster and going, who do they give up for? For what it's worth, it, it Zach Lowe also said Bucks and Heat, and yeah. then uh, there was another report that said Cavaliers. You would not give up DeAndre Hunter, would you? No. It's tough to find a deal for Crowder because Phoenix wants a Crowder replacement. Atlanta wouldn't give up DeAndre Hunter. And Hunter's got the same contract. Yeah, I just I don't know what the deal is. I mean, DeAndre Hunter had 35 points in the last playoff game we saw him in, I think. You know? But they're not going to pay him. So I don't know. It's kind of a tough spot, right? Yeah. They're probably not going to pay him. Tough to find a deal here. Well, I'm saying they're probably not going to pay Hunter. But I think you just play it out anyway. Fair. If you're not going to pay him, maybe you do do that. Yeah. Because they've got to figure. But, man, Jay Crowder would help them. He'd help them. Yeah, I don't think he's better than DeAndre Hunter. I don't either. or, Or what DeAndre Hunter can be. I don't, I, I don't either, but I do think what he brings to the table right now, like, I think that kind of guy would be good in Atlanta because you saw that team that was a young team that kind of got cracking with that NBA or that Easter Conference Finals thing, and then they came back last year and had a supreme lack of focus. Is Jay Crowder jumping ship at the perfect time? Is that possible, or is he, like just a loser no, because he's like leaving the Suns team that's contending and he's unhappy about going to the bench. Like what, what, what is it more? You think? I think that Jay Crowder is a winning basketball player that probably has significant reasons for not wanting to be there. I like, would give him yeah. the benefit of the doubt. Like beyond. Yeah. What we understand. Yeah. I would give him the benefit of the doubt. But that's what I mean. Like he could be jumping ship. Yeah, the place is a mess. Before it blows up. Yeah. It could be. I mean, he knows he knows far more than we do. That's for damn sure. Yeah, you saw the owner thing. You saw the Aiton thing. Mm-hmm. You saw the way they got... With Monty know, Williams as well. The Aiton thing, not with just the contract, but not talking to Monty since the end of the playoffs. Also not the mm-hmm. kind of guy that probably was real thrilled about the way his team laid down when it mattered most. He's yeah, was, the kind of guy. situation, though. And he's the kind of guy, though, that, like, I could see him being like, no, man. They did have a COVID outbreak, though. I get it. Then why haven't they said that? Yeah, I don't know. Because... They, <laughs> they, every, they let everybody say it for him? Well, I mean, yeah, they let everybody report it. Who was it? Amic and... uh Varden, who reported that on The Athletic, that they had a COVID outbreak yeah. as their season fell apart. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I well, don't want to say it. They also... Because <laughs> it was while the series was happening. They, had they also had a Mavs outbreak. Yeah. Where they just got... I, I just found bullied. the article. that They reported June 8th, the Phoenix Suns were managing a COVID-19 outbreak as their season fell apart. Multiple sources said testing positive either 
late in the Western Conference semifinals or the day after Game 7. Right. Yeah. That's why they're not saying anything. I mean, at this point, what you is see it Brad, Bradley Beals and health and safety protocols? <laughs> I was amazed that it came out of nowhere from Shams. I know. When are we going to be done with this? Well, that's because Beal isn't vaccinated, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He well, diff- they just different... played overseas, right? He was in the Japan yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, he did get vaccinated. That, that's right, last year. He was in the Japan thing, right? So he was symptomatic. That's why he got tested, because the NBA is only tested, testing those who are symptomatic. Tip off the NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can tip off the season with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. Just sign up with the promo code MISMATCH. Let's say you want to bet against Chris Vernon and his Memphis Grizzlies. They have an over-under for wins of 48.5. You could take the under at plus 110. Check that out on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You can find player prop futures like awards for MVP, Rookie of the Year, point scorers, rebound leaders, and so much more all on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. There's tons of betting options for every single game as well, and you can combine your bets for a chance to win a bigger payout with same-game parlays. And with live betting, you can get updated odds on games that have already started. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Get paid your winnings fast using FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code MISMATCH to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Call 1-888-789-7777 in Connecticut. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas. Call 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK in New York. Call Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, Kevin, we got a season coming up a little bit over a week away. And so today we are going to do five interesting players for the upcoming NBA season. Five players that interest us. I've got my five together. You have your five. I'm going to pray for no overlap. We have not spoken about this at all. Nothing. No no prep. And there were some, there were some that I omitted from my list because I thought you would have them. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yep. There was there is there are a couple that I omitted from the list because Mo I Baba? thought you would have them. Killian Hayes? I did not. Alexei Pokoshevsky? I didn't even okay. I didn't even All consider right. I, those. I understand. Athletes. Well, well, I want me to want me to start off to see yeah, if like, first first one is uh <laughs> be funny if the first one there's overlap. Well, reason look, the reason I didn't include any of those guys that you just mentioned is because I I really wanted people to listen to this podcast. <laughs> you like good basketball players, right? Yeah. Which which means you just, should which means you should like Mo Bamba. Okay, so he's underrated. We, all right. What do we have for your I'll let you go first. Right, That's fine. Okay. Go ahead. Damian Lillard interests me. Damian oh. Lillard number one because here's his stat line so far in the preseason, Chris. Against the Clippers. 16 points on 5 of 13 against the Jazz, 21 points on 6 of 10. 
Against the Kings, eight points on two of ten, a blowout loss for the Blazers with starters playing heavy minutes on both sides there. I'm not reading too much into those stats. I just say that to say Dame hasn't had a, an explosive game yet. He's not quite looked like prime Dame yet. Mm-hmm. I wonder, will we see prime Damian Lillard? And additionally, whether we do or not, whether we see prime Dame or whether we don't, the situation he's in right now, it's a team that added a bunch of wings. You had Jeremy Grant. You got Nurk there. Anthony Simons, who's making progress. Nasir Little, hopefully continuing to progress in that team. My guy, Josh Hart. Josh Hart, good players there. The thing is, is despite all that talent, the Chauncey Phillips scheme makes absolutely no sense at all. You still got Nurkic with his lead feet blitzing in the pick and roll. He should be dropping. Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons, I don't care how good those guys are on offense. They're never going to work on defense. Ant is worse than CJ on defense. Grant is one of the best defenders in basketball when he's at his best, when he's really locked in, when he has good supporting cast around him. I'm not sure he's got the pieces necessary to really reach his level on defense in this offense. The Billups offense, far too stagnant still. Far too stagnant. I think this team is a mess. How much of that has to do with Dame not being optimal levels yet? How much of that has to do with Chauncey Billups having a scheme that makes no sense? And in a year where you have Victor Wembanyama, one of the best prospects we've ever seen enter the NBA draft, could the Blazers reach a point when they're just, you know, on the play-in bubble, say, you know what? We don't need Dame to say, I want to go to a winner. We're going to pull the plug on this. Well, that happened. So I'm interested in Damian Lord for a long list of reasons. Totally fair. And I, I am interested in Lillard, too, because I think we kind of looked last year at, man, where's Lillard going to go? Where could Lillard end up? And then it was like, he committed to the Blazers. Blazers committed to him. They gave him that huge extension once again. But we might get into if it's two consecutive, like really bad years. Let's say, you know, you're you're right on this, where they could they could really struggle again. It's a second straight year, while he's still got some good basketball left in him. It might be the first time where he's like, all right, you know, because you remember we did, he did get a little wishy-washy on it last year where he did the whole, how long do you stay loyal kind of stuff and whatever else. But I mean, then they gave him a billion dollars. So that's how long you stay loyal, but he's got his (laughs) billion dollars now. He's got it. And he said he wanted to be a part of it. And I think everybody earnestly believes he wants to win in Portland. He does, which and is why like, it's hard to, that's it's hard right. to even suggest that's right. trading this lifer, this guy who's been there forever. Who He wants to do. He wants to be there. But he may come to the reality that, okay. Or will the Blazers come to that reality before he does? Well, and they've had, you've got to remember. He's signed through 2026-27. I got it. He got his contract now, though. So th- I'm saying that 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 thought process might change. You know, the names have changed around him. He's see- you know he's seen CJ go. He's seen you know Neil Oshie ain't there no more. He's seen the owners change. He's seen the GMs change. He's seen the players all change. 
He's seen the coaching change. He may just ownership say, change. Yeah. But now he's now he's secure. Now he's got the money. Yeah. So that's not part of it. The other part is, am I happy? You know, is this what makes me happy? Doing this, playing here, playing it out here. Would I rather have my jersey go in the rafters and be the best blazer ever to these people and the leading scorer and everything else? Or would I rather go try to take a run at winning big? And if that's not going to be the case there, I think we do come to that crossroads sooner than later. And he could make that choice, as you're saying. He can be traded. I think the date's January 5th. He's eligible to be traded. He could make that choice. But if he doesn't, he doesn't have a no-trade clause. Portland could decide, you know what, we're going to trade him for the best available offer. That could happen. Because if you're Portland, you need to be looking at your situation and thinking to yourself, well, we love Dame. Yep. But he's 32 years old, may not be the same prime-level guy that he was before. And even if he is, he still has his weaknesses on the defensive end of the floor that have always caused problems for the Blazers in the postseason, have been a partial contribution to their annual early exits. That's possible. They, they might look at it and say, we will pull the plug on this and go full rebuild and try to tank our way to Victor Wembanyama, who is well worth the risk for a 14% odd or whatever percent chance you get, rather than being a, a play-in exit or a or first-round exit at best. I'm sorry, like Portland... Portland, maybe you could make an argument for them to be a, a second-round team, but beyond that, they're not even close, man. And unless Sh- Shaden Sharp or any of their young guys go boom, they're not going to be in a position to trade a bunch of assets or be in a position to pounce on a free agent. I just don't see Portland as a team that's going to be winning a finals anytime soon with Damian Lillard, whereas tanking could potentially lead to a brand-new clean slate for this reshaped front office to build it their way. Well... And very fascinating angle to that, Kevin, is a name that was mentioned on our Friday podcast. Mike Schmitz. Is that where you're going Schmitz. with this? Called Wembenyama, best prospect he ever scouted. And he is now part of that Portland yes. Brain Trust. An integral voice in that organization. Right. And he was sitting right there a couple of rows back watching Victor. Oh, he was? You yeah. saw him? Yep. My first guy. Kawhi Leonard. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, look, he played nine games his last year in San Antonio. He played 60 in Toronto. He played 57 with the Clippers the first year, 52 the second year, and did not play at all last year. He has played 109 games for the Clippers. He has also only played two seasons in his career over 70 games played, which I think would shock people. You know, we knew that he is not he has not been the beacon of health by any means, but only two of his seasons with 70 plus games, and he's only played 109. And there are these recent quotes from Paul George having no problem being the Robin. Kawhi is the one. Well, all of this got put together in LA with visions of titles. And and they've sold out. I mean, they've got the payroll. They have got the players. They've got wings on wings on wings. They have depth for days. But if they are going to be a championship caliber team, 
it all rides on this guy that we've seen play 109 games in three seasons. 109 games in three seasons. And the crazy thing is, when he does play, we all acknowledge he is one of the very best players in the NBA. One of the five or ten best. And so the question now is, A, how much does he play? But maybe more importantly, B, is he still that? You know what I'm saying? Like, he's he's played 109 games in three years. We didn't see him at all last year. And he's now into his 30s, right? Is Kawhi Leonard still, we have these visions of what he is, but is he still that guy that just, like, we've seen him just take over completely. We saw him go nuclear uh, against Dallas. We saw him do it against Philly. But I mean, like that stuff's now we're we're distancing ourselves from these Kawhi Leonard take over the game and just easily be the best player on the floor by a wide margin guy. And what happens when you miss an entire season of basketball and now come back? And how many games? Does he play for the Clippers? And how good is he? Because if he is one of the top 10 players, it's in the cards that they could have two of the top 10 players in the league. And if you've got that, you got a chance at a title. It's in the cards that he's one of the best five players in the NBA. If you've got that, you've got a chance to be a championship team. But we have absolutely no idea. Not only, I think it's beyond the how many games will he play, how good is he when he does play? Is he still one of the very best players in the NBA? Because if not, then this was truly the booby prize for the Clippers. When they put that together, I mean, it's been a epic failure. Epic. I mean, they had the worst collapse ever against the Nuggets. And the rest has just been injury marred. And so we never have gotten to see. And who knows if we'll ever get to see it. But I'd like to think that Kawhi Leonard could, like, finish out a career. But the history tells you he he doesn't play that many games anyway. He hasn't since he was a young player in the league. and. Now, after these injuries and everything else, is he still one of the best 5'10 guys in the league? So the whole Kawhi thing, just him being absent from the league completely all of last season, even though there were some rumors that he might show up for the playoffs, we never saw him play basketball. I feel like it's been forever since I've seen him play basketball, and yet there he is one of the best players in the world who I haven't watched play for over a year. It's not like John Wall or something. It's Kawhi Leonard. I haven't seen Kawhi Leonard play basketball in over a year. And even then, he only played 50-something games. So Kawhi's at the top of my list, for sure. 100%. 100%, Chris. We don't know how long he'll be able to last or what what peaks he can reach if we can still see that prior, you know, prime-level Kawhi Leonard again. Well, how many we- do they even have him play? You know what I mean? Uh, well, all that matters is April, May, June. That's right. If, if they can get him to there healthy. 
Uh, so maybe we see him load manage during the year or whatever. We'll find out. I thought it was interesting today, or rather Monday, Paul George said how, you know, everybody says, you know, Kawhi's one and you're 1A, 1B. He's like, no, I'm the number two. He like He's saying I'm the two behind Kawhi. Kawhi's the one. He's embracing that role and publicly admitting that. I'd hope so. Yeah, you would hope so. It, yeah, I mean, just, it, did he finish the quote by saying, "What I'm, I'm the what?" Didn't you see me hit the side of the damn backboard? <laughs> what? It's just nice to see an acknowledgement of the hierarchy for this team that Kawhi is indeed the number one, and Kawhi as that one, if he can handle that workload and everything that comes with it, as we talked about with Lefko on Friday. Damn, they sure as hell have the personnel around him to make a deep run, don't they? No Powell, question. Morris, Kennard, Covington, Batum, They're Jackson, Zubats, Wall, Terrence Mann. They're loaded. Even, even young guys like Jason Preston, maybe he figures it out in the second year. Brandon Boston. Yeah, you never, like, they're loaded. 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 We didn't even mention Amir Cotton. <laughs> you, you could do worse. <laughs> you can do worse as like a 13th guy on your roster. Yeah. All right, who's your second one? Uh, second one. Let's go with uh, let's go with this guy, Clay Thompson. Oh, Clay Thompson wasn't the same guy last year for the Warriors. Not the same level defensively. Not even same level offensively. What level does he reach this season? Will he reach prior Clay levels? And in some ways, it doesn't matter considering the Warriors just won the NBA Finals with Clay looking not like prime Clay. But I'm interested because of Jordan Poole, who obviously has been in the news for different reasons this past week. Is this the year Jordan Poole is better than Clay Thompson? Should Jordan Poole surpass Clay Thompson in shots? Will he? If he should? Clay didn't want to pass Poole the ball sometimes last season. Will he take on, you know, being a six man or taking a back seat, whether he's starting or not? How does that affect the team this season and moving forward? Clay's making $40.6 million this year. Next year, the final year of his contract, he'll be making $43 million. I just am interested in this, you know, with the ripple effects for how this could affect the Warriors this season with Poole's emergence, with how he's ascending, and what it could mean for them in the years to come. Because Poole's coming up for money. Sounds like they're going to pay him. Steve Kerr backed him, said we're going to pay him. He's going to be part of our system for years to come. Are you going to empower Jordan Poole with the opportunity and the minutes and the touches and the shots that it seems like he deserves as he continues trending up? And what does that mean for Clay Thompson and how does he handle it? I think my bet would be that we see a much better version of Clay this year than we saw last year. I hope so. He looked good last year for what it's worth, but it's just not peak level Clay. Not 37 points in a quarter. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, or lockdown no, I mean, defender. Or lockdown, right. you know, all D guy. I think a year removed from that injury, if he is, if he is going to be able to reclaim a very high percentage of what he once was, then we're going to know rather quickly because now he is farther removed from, it's really two injuries. That was a hard yeah. year to come back last year. Oh, I know. You know, after the two consecutive injuries. Very, very difficult. Two full seasons. I know. So yeah, I I think I think you'll certainly see a better Clay Thompson than we saw last year. I hope so. That's what I love I love Clay. Like uh, like, isn't he one of the funnest players in the league to watch? For sure. 
next one. My number two. Michael Porter Jr. That's a good one. The reason it's Michael Porter Jr. is because there's a lot of people that are very, very high on the Nuggets. And I do think a lot will hinge upon Porter Jr. being able to be available and be good. This guy was on a trajectory where it looked like he was going to be one of the great stars in the league. You know, once he finally got through the injury stuff and we saw him playing basketball that first year, even when he played that first year, he's 55 games. He shoots 51% from the field and 42% from three. Then he plays 61 games. He averages 19 points a game, 54 points, or I'm sorry, 54% from the field, 45% from three. And then after nine you know, miserable, disjointed, injured games last year. We never see him again. He's gone. But the last time we saw him, he was awesome. And then the other night in the preseason game, he dropped 20 points in 22 minutes. Sure looked good. And it was like, okay, like maybe this guy, you know, he has this freaky ceiling. At his size. Like six foot ten clay. We were just talking about. Yeah. I mean, just the percentages are there. He shoots the shit out of the ball. I mean, when you we've seen him two seasons, he shot 42 and 45% from three. And he can take you off the dribble too. And he's got that size. But if if they're gonna make the most out of, we'll see what they get out of Murray and what Murray looks like. But Porter has the opportunity to be a very special player in this league, and that would that would make it so even if Jamal Murray, who is coming back from a very difficult injury, even if he's not what he was, and maybe that bubble thing was just that bubble thing, like this is the other guy that goes along with a guy that's won some MVP awards, and they need that, right? in the absence of knowing for sure what Murray is. And I guess you can just say, well, Murray's going to come back and Murray's going to be amazing. Like, this guy could be an amazing player in the league. And everything just got ripped away last year with the Murray injury and the Porter injury. They've lost some guys that have been a part of that team for some time now. I like some of the stuff they've added. I thought the... The, the guy they got from Brooklyn, Brown, it's a steal. Yeah, I, lo- I love Bruce Brown. It's the kind of guy I want on that kind of team, too. Bruce Brown's you know? my type of guy. You know that, Chris. Yeah. Cutting to the rim, hard nose on defense, tough guy, does all the little things. I love Bruce Brown. Will Barton. Oh, they have a lot of those guys. Monty Morris. Those kinds. Those guys are gone, though. No, but they've yeah, been a Monty part Monty Morris of it. is gone. But all, all of them over the years, they keep finding Gary Harris. Right? The, the, the past regime guys, like they keep finding new ones. They do keep finding new ones, but they've got some replacing to do. And they need Murray to be good again, like really good again. And the Porter thing, the, look, the Porter thing takes you to a level where now all of your, all of your dreams can be realized if you're a Nuggets fan. Oh, yeah. If that guy is available and continues on the trajectory that he's got this insanely disjointed trajectory 
But he's never, you know, we talk about this with Zion. He's never not been good. He just doesn't play. <laughs> but when he does, you see it. I mean, and he shoots just these crazy percentages. And when you're playing with Jokic, you want to talk about being able to hit a ceiling. And so if if Murray is not the kind of guy that can pour in a lot of points every night, like I think you could you could see an ascension where Porter Jr. is the second best player on that team. Quickly. Quickly. So that's number two for me. Number three for me. Ben Simmons. Oh. His game against the Miami Heat last year is one of the most cowardly preseason performances I've ever seen. <laughs> cowardly preseason? <laughs> I knew that made you laugh. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I knew that would make what? you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Everybody's just trying to break a sweat, you nerd. <laughs> I knew that'd make you laugh. Cowardly. But, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're wild. He didn't put any pressure on the rim, Chris. Oh, he had, for goodness he, sake. He, he, he had a play in the first quarter where he received a pass on a cut to the rim with only Kyle Lowry and rim protection. And he passed out of it instead of trying to attack and lay the ball up. And he passed it to a corner shooter shoot, who shoots sub 35% Watanabe. Ben Simmons looks like he's still in his own head on the offensive end of the floor. And all that to say, I'm worried. I'm worried for the Nets. I want to see Ben Simmons embracing his inner Draymond, being tough, <laughs> not throwing punches, but setting screens for Kyrie and Patty Mills and all their perimeter players, and he's not doing any of that. How much of that is his fault? How much of that is Steve Nash's fault? I don't know. I'd, I'd lean towards it being Ben Simmons' fault because it typically has been over the years because of his own stubbornness. You being critical of a preseason performance might be my favorite. Why would I not be? It's what it's it's preseason. You because said it's not, that's it's ridiculous. Not, it's not just breaking a sweat. It's, yes, it's, it is. It's building new habits. He had Kyle Lowry. The guy's in hell, back. And oh. he didn't attack. The, the guy's coming back from back surgery and you want him to go to the rim and, see, and set yeah. screens. Shut yeah, up. I do. Let him get to the regular season. He, 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 he played so passive, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, watch last Thursday's, watch the Nets Heat game last Thursday. <laughs> Bro, I just told you I was at a game with Haywood Highsmith in it. Shut up. <laughs> well, well, that game, okay. Butler, Butler and Bam and Lowry, <laughs> all those guys played. No, they didn't. Oh, yeah, for, I'm for Miami, oh, Brooklyn, oh. they did. Oh, okay. Well, I they didn't. did. I, I and know. I'm and I'm saying you're like, no, it's not just breaking a sweat. It's a whole new team coming together trying to mesh, and they got smacked. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you talking? You're laughing. I'm telling you, I'm a, I'm alerting you, oh, Chris. Oh my god, the Nets are frauds oh, unless wow. Ben Simmons starts being the guy that he can be. All right. <laughs> You're giggling as if this isn't going to happen first week of the season. Just let it. Uh, let me at least s criticize him for regular season play. Number can, can three. We, can, but wait, can we, this preseason, can we at least see him set a screen for Kyrie 
or Patty Mills or Cam Thomas. I'll settle for Cam Thomas. I don't can care. We, if can setting, we just see him set a screen hey, for these guys? You go give me a triple double and I don't care if you set a screen. Okay. But enjoy your first round exit. Oh, well, like they did last year without him. What does it matter? <laughs> That'll be new. If he's not screening for Kyrie Irving, I'm going to lose it. I'm serious. <laughs> it's, it's, it'll be absurd if he's not channeling his inner dream on with Kyrie being the Steph. It'll be absurd if he's not. It'll be absurd if he's not setting on-ball screens for Kevin Durant to get mismatches on the floor to force a switch against the defense. It'd be the dumbest thing ever if that's not happening. If I say dribble handoffs, him dribbling, diddy-dalling around the floor, doing nothing, not attacking the paint, I'm going to lose my shit, Chris. And that's what it's been like in preseason. <laughs> let's I'm get it. Up. Let, let's get it. Let's get to the regular season. We'll see okay. if that's the way it is. Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning, an inability to smile, an expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Renter, buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy, and you can do it all right in the USAA app, and they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. Visit USAA.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas. Number three, De'Aaron Fox. Oh, that's a good one. I was going to have him, but I didn't. <laughs> Look, I got all my De'Aaron Fox stock like sitting over here. And like every other stock in the world, it sucks. So <laughs> it's so down. It's so yeah. down. And everything, buying, everything was so green and now it's all red. I'm buying up more, though. Like it's so low right now. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. really low. Everybody's out on the Kings and Fox and everything else. King and sure looked great against the Blazers. I love him. I've always loved him. I think he is. He got drafted by this rat franchise that has had crap coaches <laughs> and mismanagement just all around him. He's averaged like 23 and 24. Yeah, like then, choosing your guy Bagley over Luca. Well, then they, look, <laughs> they had Fox, Heald, and Bagley at one point. And like Dave Yeager is the coach. And like they're onto something. And then, of course, they screwed that up. And then everybody got down on Fox because the golden child, Michael Jordan reincarnate Tyrese Halliburton, showed up. And then, as soon, <laughs> and then as soon as Halliburton left, both Fox and Mitchell turned awesome. Um, I like Davion, but 
this De'Aaron Fox, I think he's one of the best point guards in the league, possibly. I really believe that. I've always believed that. And I think now he's got some guys. Um, I, I don't dislike their roster at all. Murray has looked seasoned during this deal. They've got guys that can pass the ball. And most importantly, say whatever you want about Mike Brown. Mike Brown has only had one losing season ever, which was that injury-riddled 13-14 Cavs year. The guy has won a boatload of games. He's a real basketball coach who has real credibility and has been part of that Golden State thing now for three or four years. And I think you guys like that can have a profound effect on a team. And I think that that's when a coach can really, really, really make a difference. We saw it when Nate McMillan originally came in and took over Atlanta from Lloyd Pierce, right? It's like this, oh, you know, and I'm not saying that it's going to win you titles. I'm not saying that it's going to turn you into something spectacular. What I am saying is this base level of competency is reached. And now all of a sudden, guys feel like they are well prepared to go into games. They know that they have a guy that has been part of championship, whether it's from San Antonio to going to the finals in Cleveland and winning 66 games to being part of these Golden State runs. This guy has like real credibility. Like you look at like they had Alvin Gentry coming in there, then Luke Walton, that disaster. And like, they, you know, ever since the Malone and then Jaeger thing, it's been a debacle. They have a real coach that I think they're going to respect. I like the vibes coming out of there. They've got it. For all their faults, they may have to score 135 to beat people, but they might can score 135, like with Fox and Sabonis and Harrison Barnes and Davion Mitchell and Herter and Monk. And like they've got some fun stuff and they've kind of got players at all the different positions. And I think they got a competent coach and they really just need one team to drop out. I'm not talking about making the top six. That's not in the cards. But you've got four teams that aren't going to be in it at all. San Antonio, Oklahoma City, Utah, and Houston. So that leaves 11. And last year, we saw the Pelicans get the eight seed. You know how many games the Pelicans won? 36. They won 36 games. And they were the eight seed. They played their way into it. And so... If you can get there to 8, 9, or 10, you at least got a puncher's chance at maybe ending that futility. They have the longest streak now after the Mariners ended their streak of ineptitude. And so I've been a Fox fan. He's got a real coach now. He should be hitting right into his prime. And so, uh, you know, if he's going to, ever be what I thought he was going to be, which is an all-star caliber point guard in this league, then this is the year. And so I've, I've got the stock. I have held on to it this long. And I think that this is the best chance at maybe living up to what I think a lot of us thought he was going to be after his first couple of years in the league. I hope the Kings are able to break the streak like the Mariners. I do. I'm I'm rooting for the Kings. That Mariners thing is unbelievable. Yeah. 
Did you see the video uh, of the the guys working at Toyota in Seattle? No. Them celebrating watching the game on TV in the service center, and they're all oh, just like awesome. bou- bouncing around. <laughs> they're just all having a good time. Like three guys are, are dancing in there, and then a fourth guy comes skipping in, and they all just kind of huddle. It's, it, that, that's like men are men are men or men celebrating right there. Just boys are going to be boys, that type of thing. Being down eight to one to Toronto and coming back, I mean, that oh, is what that a way is to do it. Fantasy stuff. That is just a dream. Yeah, I know. I still can't believe that happened. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> awesome for them, though. I wish awesome. I still love baseball the way I used to. The playoffs are always fun, though. I try, it, it, as a Cardinal fan, let me tell you, you're okay. <laughs> it would killed me. This past weekend absolutely killed me. I'm sorry, Chris. Yeah. It, it, look, that's the hard part about baseball. You spend 162 games rooting for something, it's over in an instant. The new format's pretty good, though. I like the, if, the if best you win, of three. If you I, win, I know, but it's but it's pretty cool though. Like it, the concept cool. is nice, isn't it? it? The best of three instead of the one off. It's cool until you're up two two to nothing in the ninth inning. <laughs> if game one of that, then you blow it, give up six runs, and you went you won your division too, right? Yeah. Won the so you know it's not a lock anymore to get in. That's for sure. Sorry about that, Chris. That's so- all right, who's your number four? Zion. I, that's the an, one I skipped. I yeah, knew it. Yeah, I mean, this might be an obvious one, but I think the Pelicans can win the finals if he's healthy. If <laughs> what he can finals? Continue. The NBA finals. Can they win a playoff series first? <laughs> I mean, God, God bless. I'm not saying that. God. Chris, take into account they get 400 first-round picks. The roster, what it is today, may not be what it is post-deadline. If they're good or great or one of the top four or five teams in the West and some good players become available, they got more than enough picks to to trade those in for that player. They're not like Utah who have a bunch of picks. They're not going to trade for star players. They're not going to trade for established players. They're they're not like Utah or, or any other team with a bunch of picks. They're New Orleans, a team that's competing and they have a whole bunch of draft picks. Some good value draft picks as well from the Lakers. So if, if you're the Pelicans right now, and if Zion Williamson comes back as great as he was before, or even better considering the shape he's in now, and if Brandon Ingram keeps getting better, Herb Jones keeps getting better, all these young guys with the vets surrounding them, Jonas Valanciunas, CJ McCollum, you got so much young talent on this team. Murray coming off the bench for that matter, too. The Pelicans are deep. They have star talent, young star talent that can keep getting better, and a lot of draft picks. So I'm watching Zion because of the ripple effects of what that could mean for that team if they're big buyers entering the deadline. So it's like maybe maybe like I'm ahead here, Chris, with them being a finals contender. Maybe I'm way ahead here. They won 36 games. Maybe I am. But they didn't, but they didn't have Zion. I get it. And they got CJ it. halfway through the year. They're mega talented. They're certainly going to be a playoff team. What I tell you is, I mean, we've talked for years and years and years about teams getting there and the trajectory and getting your scars. And for what it's worth, they were 12 and 8 with CJ. And, and they went for the first time to the playoffs last year and, you know, played pretty well against Phoenix without Devin Booker. 12 and 8 with CJ, that's a 50 win pace. I mean, do we know what those 20 games were? 
And they did well in the playoffs, too. Yeah, I, I mean, they did well against Phoenix without Devin Booker. They did, for sure. But they didn't win the series. I mean, no. again, I'm just recoiling at the whole NBA Finals thing. Like, what the hell? Like, let them win a playoff series first. But, but like, okay, you disagree with me. But do you see where I'm coming from when I talk about the roster as is? The, 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 the upside of the stars yes. and the possibility to add more with all their draft picks and young talent that they could also trade as well. Like, they, they, they have the flexibility more than any other team in the league to make a big move. More than anybody. You're talking about with moving players or with the draft picks? With the picks, with the players, whatever combination you want to talk about. I mean, if you're right, though, and they're awesome, the picks become less interesting. Well, what about their Lakers picks they have? I mean, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see with the Lakers pick, uh, you know, maybe the Lakers are good this year. I don't know yet. If Anthony Davis looks like he did the other night, then the Lakers are going to win more games than I thought they were. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> he looked pretty damn good to me the other night. And they still got LeBron and AD. I don't know. But I just haven't, I, we haven't seen the Pelicans as currently constructed. They've got a lot of talent, for sure. But I mean, we haven't seen McCollum, McCollum and Ingram and Zion and Valanciunas and all of them playing together. Didn't even mention Larry Nance. Larry Nance. And my guy. Dyson Daniels, a rookie. My, he looks, he my, looks really good defensively. What's my little guy that I love? The Alvarado. Alvarado. Alvarado scored like 28 the other night. I love him. He looks so good. Good Composo. I know it's just preseason. And you say with Ben Simmons, don't overreact. The Pelicans. I I said it months ago, man. Like, they could be great this year. I'm telling you, they could be great this year. They could. Watch out. Look, you say this every year. You love the Pelicans. You love them. I don't say this every year with them, do I? Yes. Oh, when have God. I, when have, when Pelicans, have I said this with the Pelicans oh, oh, before? The, the Pelicans nerds are the most active in my Twitter. Well, I mean, you know the I... The most well, active. That, well, that's because you, you're anti-Zion, anti-Norland. I love Zion. I, I, you, are, that, you are pro-Memphis. I have been all infinitely even higher in my the, praise. The, even though you got the second most talented player on that draft, unfortunately. I have been infinitely <laughs> more praise i've given infinite more praise to zion than you have you're just overcompensating the true hatred in your heart everybody sees through it well here's what i tell you (laughs) memphis won 56 games oh here we go and the pelicans won 36 games and i have to come on this podcast listen to you talk about how awesome new orleans is all the time when the best player in the nba might reside in memphis tennessee and you hate that the fire of seven hell. He is not going to be the best player in the NBA. What, hey, what has he done in the playoffs? What has Zion done? <laughs> I mean, this is Zion's been hurt. Of course, oh. he hasn't done anything in the playoffs, oh, okay. and, and that's why. That's why what I just said: the Pelicans can win the win the finals if it's the biggest if in the room. Oh, it's the biggest if. Well, it's I a don't huge have, if. I don't have as big of an if. Yeah, it's a pretty big if. Still, I don't have one. Guy that averaged 27, 7, and 6 last year and was all NBA, but no big whoop. What did you think about Bill Simmons having Victor Wembanyama ahead of John Morant on his trade value rankings from his pod last week? Just dumb. Just dumb. <laughs> this is, uh, Bill tried to trade Jason Tatum for Brad Beal three years ago, you're, so what do I care? You're telling me you wouldn't trade Morant for Wembanyama? What are you serious? 
Get out of would, my face. Would you at least think about it? What, why is John Morant not one of the five best players in the NBA? But would you at least think about it? You, you make the argument to me. Would why? you at least, I'm asking you, would you at least think about it? No. Okay, you wouldn't. Okay, that's fair. That's fine. But that's you all. know how I feel about guys that are the, the track record of all of these taller than seven footers. You know what I mean? And it's totally fair. It is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want the most electric point guard in the league who has this burning desire to be the best player in the league. Would you just to throw some names at you? Would you take Ja over Trey? Are you serious? Ja over Booker? Yes. Ja over Tatum? Yes. Ja over Embiid? For one year or for like next for five career, years? Let's say next five years. No, I would take Ja. Ja over Kawhi, yes. There's ja. very few. Uh, Morant, I, I think the only one I would take the the only one I would trade him for would be Giannis. Giannis, how about Luca? Nope. Wow. I wouldn't personally. Well, that's because of your attachment, the connection with Memphis. I mean, he averaged 27, 7, oh, and no, 6. He's nasty. But and you wouldn't they won trade him for Luca? 56 games. How about Jokic? Why did he win 56 you, games? Would and you not trade Luka? him for Jokic? You know what I mean? The guy who just won two MVPs? Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. So Giannis and Jokic. Probably. Yeah. That's it. Not Steph because the age. Or would you? No. No. I mean, I think Morant, for whatever reason, and I don't know, I guess it's just resent. People don't like that he's in Memphis, whatever else. Like, I mean, the downplaying of what he has done in his career thus far is insane. You even putting Zion in the same sentence as him is laughable. Laughable. In what way? It's laughable. One has transformed an entire franchise. One has done jack shit <laughs> no, except average 27 points on a rat team. Nobody's taking that away. What are we doing away? here? Nobody's taking that away from Ja. I don't Just think. Let him t- How about this guy transforms a franchise and then we'll decide. Yeah, but, but me complimenting Zion is not insulting No, ja. but you went I out love- of your way to say, oh, you got the second most talented <laughs> player in that draft. <laughs> and it effectively got under your skin. This is so annoying. <laughs> So annoying. Nobody discredits <laughs> Luka Doncic like this. I mean, they were they had the second best record in the NBA, and he's the linchpin. You know what I mean? This Jaws all- amazing. amazing. Remember what do, you, that. what do you want me to say? Jaws incredible. He is the. Face I want of you the to Memphis get. Memphis I want food. you to start talking up Memphis and get off New Orleans nuts. Why would I get off New Orleans, Orleans nuts? nuts? Because they New- won twenty last games in Memphis. I, I, I might as well be running the team. Do you think David Memphis Griffin's can got hey, my favorite players? Brandon Ingram, think, Larry. Hey, do you think the Grizzlies can win the NBA Finals? <laughs> yes, I do. You do. I do. Okay. You don't believe that for one second. You won't even have them in the top six. I don't think I will. But you think they can win the finals? Yeah, because the West is flat. Like, they, they might be two. They might be eight. We'll find out. We're, we will find out. And I have you gonna have higher projections either. Who are you going to have higher, Grizzlies or Pelicans? Pelicans. Yeah, okay. <laughs> My next one, Donovan Mitchell. Oh, that's a good one. Story of the summer was uh, what happened with the Utah Jazz and that fracturing now, Rudy Gobert, your beloved, is in Minnesota to go ruin that. And Donovan <laughs> Mitchell is in Cleveland. <laughs> and Donovan Mitchell's in Cleveland. You probably have Minnesota ahead of Memphis, too. Oh, um, I do. 
Of course you do, moron. Uh, Donovan Mitchell <laughs> in Cleveland. I think Cleveland could be a top four seed. I really do. I really believe that. And if that is so, you know, they've got about a two-year window with Mitchell now. That was a two-year deal. They moved off of Sexton. They moved off of Markinen and, uh, you know, their draft pick, et cetera. They've really got this two-year window with Mitchell to make it happen. He's right in his prime. He has been a prolific playoff scorer. And I think it's going to work. I think him and Garland as a backcourt, when you are flanked by those two bigs, Mobley and Allen, I think it can be something really special. I like the the vet stuff with Rubio and Love. I'm a little worried about the wing thing with Dean Wade and Karis Levert. Like they need a they need a small forward. They need to yeah. build that. Why don't They're they go small. after Jay Crowder? They're small. Well, I mean, they are one of the teams that has. Let that guys. happen. If they got Crowder, oh wow! I don't love the the Garland's Mitchell Levert. No, trio. I don't either. Or yeah, Dean I Wade mean, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like I just no. They need some. They need to do something. And Okoro, um, you know, they tried it. I don't know. I just he can't shoot. I know. I want uh. Yeah, like the Crowder thing would be perfect for them. Yeah, I mean, uh, Crowder's as streaky as they come, too. He's not solving anything. Yeah, but he keeps the ball moving. He only takes nine shots a game, yeah. seven shots a game. Oh, well, Coro so it doesn't do hurt too, minus the, you know, the productive, the average yeah. shot, at least. Yeah. And, 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 and like, for us, them not having Mobley this preseason makes it hard to gauge, to gauge who they are. It does. It does. Like but Mobley, the Mitchell thing. It's Mitchell, we've seen him in that context playing for Utah, and we've never seen him elsewhere. No. He's been like a 25-point-per-game guy. And so what all translates? Is Mitchell just, does that game just travel? And now Donovan Mitchell, with you know, playing alongside maybe, you know, the best point guard? He, I mean, he hit Conley for the year right after he left Memphis. But, I mean, I think Garland is going to be a big, big star in this league. And I think those two on a perimeter could be devastating. And so I think, uh, you know, maybe the, maybe the numbers aren't as gaudy as they were in Utah. But I think, it, I think his game does travel, and I think he's going to have a new lease on life and probably be a lot happier in that environment and kind of plug and play and fit with them. That team didn't have anything like Donovan Mitchell last year, and they were like a four or five seed before injuries just destroyed them last year. So I, I think Cleveland's going to be awesome. I do. And so Mitchell is, I'm going out of my way to believe in. I mean, one thing you can say about him this preseason is he's been way more engaged defensively. Putting bet, been better effort, blocked the layup attempt on help side defense on Monday night. I mean, he's he's small though. I mean, at least he's going to put in effort. Yeah, I think having Mobley, like we talked about, him not being out there, but he's got a freaky wingspan. The, the, yeah, the, the thing the thing is is though is like even if he's more engaged, he's still not great on that end. I I just worry about the Garland Mitchell. Even forget about Levert. I do worry about those two defensively with what their peak can be. 
their defense was so good as a team, though, last year. I know. I know. But playoffs so are a different monster. I get it. Yeah. But the whole just seeing and, and, the guy. And also, also, like, offensive spacing. If you get a lineup with Mobley and Allen and Lavert, or instead of Lavert, Okoro, the, the lack of spacing there, they're a flawed team. They're a very flawed team on both ends of the court. The Cavs are. All right. Well, I'm going to be a lot higher on them than you are, for sure. Your last one. I mean, I want to say Rudy Gobert. Of course I'm not you do. Gonna, I'm not going to do it, though. Of course you do. I'm just going to go with a guy that we very briefly mentioned last week. I wrote about him on The Ringer. Christian Wood. Mm. Christian Wood currently coming off the bench for the Mavs, which is absurd. He should be starting over JaVale McGee. There was a play with Dallas's most recent game where Luka made this beautiful kickout pass to the corner three to JaVale McGee, who bricked it. Christian Wood shoots that shot at near 40%. He should be the guy on the floor majority of the time with Luka. Pick and pop, pop combination, pick and roll combination. Wood, one of the best rollers in the NBA. A guy who can pop. He's like 80 light out there. He is not Anthony Davis, to be clear but he can do some of the things as a guy in a seven-foot body, pick and pop, attack off the dribble. Last season, according to Second Spectrum, he was one of only 17 bigs to log 200 isolation possessions. He was sixth out of those 17 players in efficiency scoring the ball. He gives them a more efficient guy who can get a bucket for you than Kristaps Porzingis. He can offer everything they hope to have in Porzingis with better shooting, better efficiency as a scorer, Christian Wood is the guy who could help elevate that Mavericks roster. I think that it is not as much about a strategy right now. Is I, I, I would bet that Jason Kidd's trying to see what that guy's made of. How I, mind games? How right? much are you about team? How much are you about yourself? Because you have you have built this career contributing literally nothing to winning. People call people still in the league today call him a loser. Yeah, like I've I've had executives this year after the Mavs got him say Woods a loser. He's not going to help him. Yeah. So what what are you made of? Yeah. How do you handle? I this? agree with you. Um, we're gonna we're gonna make you earn be a winner. Yeah, earn it. That's what they want to do. I guarantee that's what it is. And so it's yeah. I mean, it might be goofy on the surface, but I mean, he's gonna find out what that guy's made of. This guy walked out on the team last year. With Porter Jr. You know what I mean? It's not exactly like the he set the greatest example and gave himself the best reputation, even last year. And he's just he's put up a, a lot of really good numbers. He is mega talented, but he has done it in a losing context over and over again. He's never been a part of winning. And so now he's walking into a team that played for the in a West Finals last year. And almost made it. Yeah. And so I think that kid's probably trying to find out what this guy's made of, you know? And if he's got the stuff, then he'll be playing a lot and being a part of winning, you know, very soon. It's, it's, a, it's an ideal situation. I, 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 wonder, mean, I wonder. Christian if Wood is a- in a great situation. You can't, you can't be in a better situation than getting to be that pick and pop partner with, with Doncic and the attention that he gets. I wonder if it reaches a point that it's undeniable. Like, like you have to start this guy. Or, like, along with what you're saying, Chris, will it be the type of thing where 
He's playing more than JaVale McGee. It doesn't matter who's starting or not. He's finishing games. He's playing 30 minutes per game off the bench. That's very possible, too. And he becomes a a leading six-man of the year candidate. I just think at some point, even given McGee's injury history, that would at some point will inevitably become the starter for them. My last one, number five. I wanted to throw in a rookie. Okay. We had a year of unbelievable size. Paolo Bancaro and Chet Holmgren, and Jabari. And you know I loved Jaden Ivey. And Jaden Ivey is as interesting as it gets for me because our beloved Bright Future Pistons, Cade looked like he really started to figure stuff out at the end of last year. And I always respect these teams that play it out. And they played it out and... They didn't get the number one pick, but they might have still gotten their backcourt for the future. And that's why it makes it so interesting because if Ivy is what I think he's going to be, which is immediately just the top 1% athlete, fastest down the court, he is going to produce amazing highlights within the first two weeks of the season. Mark my words. Jaden Ivey will become massively viral within the first two weeks of the season for something just crazy he did. I see a guy like that with the space that is in that is afforded him in the NBA. And if he is a hit, now in Detroit, they got something like, you got Cade and you got that kid as your backcourt who could both handle the ball and both can play off ball. Now, all of a sudden, they are going to be my league best team that like is never on national television, for sure. I was very, very impressed by his playmaking against New Orleans the other night. He had this pass oh. late, late in the game where I think it was a left-handed you know, hesitation dribble, you know, kind of stopped himself near the free throw line and then just fired a 90-mile-per-hour fastball with his left hand to Cade Cunningham on the right wing for a three-pointer. And it was just the perfect example of what you just said with both of those guys having, having the ability to play on the ball or off the ball. And that entire game, Ivy's playmaking was just on point. Well, and, and you know, you know it, this, he, he's, he's impressive. He really Guards is. are so much more exciting than bigs. They just oh, are. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's the guard. You know what I mean? Like, And they're more exciting than wings. I'm not saying he's going to be the best guy. Paolo may have a better rookie year. Uh, Keegan Murray might have a better rookie year. Jamari Smith, he could. But they ain't exciting like this guy. This guy is electric. Electric. And does like, so he's got the flair too, where he'll crack on somebody. He'll make that kind of a pass. He'll cross somebody over. He, and he's also got that thing. And I saw it the other night in a preseason game I was watching. I think it was the Knicks, maybe. Yeah, and he didn't have some kind of great game. But, I mean, he snatched one off the defensive rebound, and he just beat everybody down the court. I mean, you know, it's one of those where it's like everybody, there's there might be seven guys between him and the other basket, and somehow he's right at the rim. So that, was that <laughs> the know? one he he grabbed it underneath the basket? Yes. And, and then just zoomed past everybody early 94 in the game? feet! Yeah, 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 yeah. And just bully ball. And he went through like four Knicks defenders. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, it, was, it was really nice. Yeah. I'm like, yo, this guy, like, 
let him get into open space one of in the first couple weeks of the season. He's going to kill somebody. Yeah, he had a pull up three early in that game too. He's he's shown he's shown a lot of goods. Yeah. So Ivy, he's going to be the rookie I go out of my way to watch the most. I thought that was going to be Chet. Obviously, we got that torn away from us. Yeah. But I mean, if I'm like going out of my way, I think he's the most fun to watch for sure. There's so many big guys this year, you know, and they got to wait for somebody to pass it to them most of the time. Paolo probably have his ball in his hands a little bit more, Hmm. but the home thing was going to be so fun. I got depressed thinking about that all over again the other night. That Chet thing was going to be so fun this year. It's too bad. Sucks. Sucks. But Ivy, for sure. All right, so I had uh, Kawhi Leonard, Michael Porter Jr., De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell, Jaden Ivey. And I had Dame, Clay, Simmons, Zion, Wood. And you didn't like my Ben Simmons inclusion for whatever reason. Just No. I don't mind you being intrigued with Ben Simmons. I thought being hypercritical of his preseason performance was yeah, I mean, well, a bit was, far. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see things that will translate. And all I saw was more of the same. And allow me to make it clear. Under your whole Zion point, I have a tremendous investment in Zion Williamson rookie cards, so I need him to be awesome. <laughs> 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 Trust me when I tell you, I am a massive Zion. <laughs> uh, the, the Kyler Murray thing went the wrong way for me. <laughs> uh, I spray the board with the young guys. I need some of these guys to pop. Yeah, what, what's happened with Kyler Murray? He wore that Hillary Clinton outfit yesterday to the game. Oh, that that was something else. That green outfit. What's he thinking? Man. Who's giving advice to these players to dress like this? Like like Ben Simmons in the clown outfit? They are the stylists. They I are mean, the these, stylists. I mean, who are you hiring? Stylists that are two on Twitter? Jesus. Yeah. I guess blind stylists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who they're hiring. I'm serious. Like, there's no way you really like to wear that. There's no way you look in the mirror and think, I look good. They're just trying to stand out, have their own thing. I don't know. Teach their own. Kevin. I I, I have no style. I have none. I don't buy new sneakers. I got an old pair of sneakers that people made fun of me for wearing with Kevin Clark. So <laughs> what did they say? What did they call know. them? Like, what, are the, what are those? <laughs> what are those? <laughs> what are those? <laughs> the grass cutter ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, have no, uh, I have no style. So I can't be speaking about style, but that, that Hillary Clinton suit for Kyler Murray or something else. too much for you. That's something else, yeah. I agree with you. It was... Bridge too far for me also, Kevin. As I do appreciate style. I, I did not appreciate that. You are that. a stylish man, yes. I did not appreciate that outfit. I must say. <laughs> Thank you to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez. Kevin, I'll talk to you on Friday. Have a good one. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. 
True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. 